This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100x. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away 100K. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. And we're also brought to you by <clears throat> excuse me, Hall of Fame Bets, sporting betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. All right, DGENs, welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. Uh, Boston Capper is uh, not with us tonight. Uh, he actually has a very good excuse. Uh, he's doing some studying for a very important uh, test Uh uh, that's going to happen tomorrow. Wish him good luck if you're on Twitter. Uh, but join us is my producer, Cameron. Uh, Cameron is in a remote location somewhere in Texas, uh, but he is ready to fill in and go over the odds board and ask me about probably random bums that aren't even on my radar, but somehow he saw something on Twitter that probably piqued his interest. Yeah, that's about, that sounds about right. I, I have been doing, ever since I got off work the past couple hours, I have been doing research so that I can keep up with you and hopefully ask you some good questions uh, about this tournament. Um, okay. And yeah, we, we see you in, out in the chat uh, and we'll be keeping up with that as we go along. But yeah, happy to be here. Excited to, uh, excited to get to talk to you about this. Feels a little different on the other side, right? Usually you're just in the background making sure my voice sounds okay and yep, yep, doesn't say yep. anything stupid that gets it edited. Uh, but yeah, I, it's good to have you here and uh, have you seen, you know, what's, I guess, flown around the internet. So, uh, you know, it's the Shriners week. Uh, obviously, we're coming off the Sanderson. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't really watch uh, much of the Sanderson. What I, what I did notice, though, was funny that, uh, you know, I, I mentioned in Discord that uh, the way Luke List won, you know, shout out to Luke List. Uh, he did it basically like he was Kevin Na on steroids. Essentially, he if I if I told you, I guess that Luke List was thirty third in ball striking for the tournament. I guess uh, what camera? I guess where do you think Luke List is probably finished? So I, I guess my point is, I mean, you know, listen, Luke List wins. Congratulations to that. So let, why don't we just transition right to the Shriners? So, um, so I guess you know what, Cameron? What do you got for me? I guess what any you know lingering questions about the course, anything like that? Uh, yeah, where are some things? So we can we can we can go ahead and start there. So uh, I did ask Matt a few questions. Matt Gannon, our uh, our co-host, and um, the data golf, um, the data golf. Uh, well, what's it called? Um, the relative skill set the relative skill set for this is very high on like putting and around the green right but matt was saying that it doesn't really matter how much how good you are around the green here because it's so easy on approach like if you're missing the if you're missing the green then you're kind of screwed here anyways so is that correct well i mean so if you if you look at how you actually separate yourself in the tournament. Like obviously the most important way and biggest way to separate yourself in the tournament is if you're a really good iron player and a really good putter that contributes the most towards, okay. you know, how you do in a tournament. What I do know about around the green here is like, listen, like this is a high scoring birdie or a high scoring tournament. And look, I mean, like the green regulation rate is 70% means on 30% of your approach shots, you're still gonna, you know, miss. So, yeah. 
there are tough areas around this green. For example, uh, chipping from the fairway is one of the toughest uh, on the PGA Tour. I actually, uh, the little bit of Sanderson I had listened to uh, last week, they're actually talking about, uh, they're actually talking about Lexi Thompson, how she's going to do. And they're, they're made mention of that, that uh, at the Solheim Cup, she was having trouble. She had kind of the chip yips and they said, maybe that won't go so well at TBC Summerlin. There's a lot of tight uh, lies around the, uh, the greens and it's all Bermuda. It's like really grainy Bermuda too. So if you're not really used to chipping off that, that can be kind of a problem. And in a tournament where, you know, look like it's gonna be 25 under 24 under, if you're not yep. being given up and down, you're basically wasting strokes at that point. So there is, an importance to that. Um, and then, you know, with obviously with putting, these are really flat greens, not really that complicated. It's basically just, okay, pick your line, be aggressive and go. So that's why you put, your putters do really well. That's the other thing I wanted, I wrote down was you said on, in your article that it's the 20th hardest out of like 86 courses, but also that it's a pretty easy course to putt on because it's not very undulated and the greens are kind of slow. Uh, so is this going to be, is this going to be a putting fest? Is it going to be, you know, a little tougher or, or what, what are we looking at? Yeah. I mean, like just thinking about some of the guys who have won this thing. I mean, Tom Kim, really good putter. Sung JM, really good putter. Uh, I, th- I think the most famous example was a couple of years ago, back when Kevin now was on the PG tour, he gained, I think like 15 strokes putting on the way to winning. Uh, Patrick Kelly's always done well here. Bryson's won here. So really the name of the game is, you know, birdies, good putting, especially because it's the greens are so flat. It's really about, okay, how good of a putter are you? Do you can, are you confident with your lines, confident with your speeds? Uh, but also another thing I'm really looking at too is, you know, Matt also mentioned, even though it's really easy approach shots, it's mostly because a lot of approach shots are from under 150, a lot of really short approach shots. So okay. if I'm looking at like you this week, uh, you know, data golf has the strokes gain per shot from either over 150 or under 150. I really relied on that this week. If I'm seeing you're not really good in relative to the field, you know, that's going to be a big red flag. The fact that you're not getting a ton of opportunities could get some birdies. Uh, if you're really weak from that range, that's the big thing for me. Like, honestly, off the tee, I'm not really, I really care all that much about it. Uh, I think back to the playoff a couple of years ago with um, Matthew Wolf, one of the longest inaccurate hitters in the game. Uh, Andrew uh, Austin Cook, who is basically a pipsqueak, and Martin Laird, who won, is kind of like an all-around driver. So, you know, because you know the, it's it's fairly firm. If you're a shorter hitter, you're going to get a lot of rollout. It's also at altitude too, so you're going to see big driving distances this week. The rough is only about two and a quarter inches of Bermuda. You know, you might get a bad lie, but okay. overall, it's not going to be a situation where a shorter hitter can't get a good contact on it, and it's shorter approach shots. So. Uh, big greens too. There is a little bit of a premium from hitting from the fairway just because if you're in the Bermuda rough, can't control the spin as much. But you know, overall though, I don't really care that much about off the tee. A lot of guys I picked this week, uh, definitely that's not their strength. It's really all about pretty good short iron players, make a lot of birdies, good putters, um, not a disaster around the green and just, you know, good at this golf course, pretty good putting on bent grass, good on some other okay. golf course with a short approach. That's, that's kind of a theme that I went with this week. Okay, so where where my guys might be lacking is that that hundred and fifty yard, um, hundred and fifty yard shot because I did not really look at that in my, um, in my uh, research. So, did you happen to look at the data golf course fit um, like similarities at all? Yeah, that's actually what I use every single week. I basically take okay. like I look at the top twenty. 
And I take the ones that are kind of just been relevant the last five years. Like some of the golf courses, they haven't played in like 10 years. Like I don't really want to put that in my models. Yeah, um, like St. Like, George's. Right. Well, that's a, that was a one-off. So there are some guys that played St. George's. But like it was like, uh, I think okay. like uh, Cordoval. Like I don't even yeah. remember the last time okay. they played that. Or like uh, Sugarloaf. Like, so, like things yeah. like that. But like the ones I looked at, like, you know, obviously La Quinta. Um, you know, that's a birdie fest. Uh, Monterey in the pe- in the Pebble Beach, you know, shorter golf courses, a lot of wedges, a lot of birdies there too. Uh, Port yeah. Royal was one of them. Silverado, TBC Craig Ranch, and right your neck of the Craig Ranch, there. baby. Lots of birdies there. Uh, apparently, just based on types of guys who do well this course, I don't know if there's it's really the exact same, but like TBC San Antonio, apparently gets a lot of the similar guys do well here. And, and yeah, there. I thought that one was interesting. That one's number eight. It is. I mean, that one you got to really drive it well, but maybe it's just because. I don't know. I mean, you can get big driving distances there with some of the elevation, a little wider fairways, uh, maybe some bigger greens, but I don't really see that big. But there's some problems. I, I trust data off on it. So, I mean, I do yeah. know it's like, 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 you know, for example, just think about guys who do pretty well at TBC San Antonio, like JJ Spawn, one there. He's done really well here. We'll talk about him later. So, yeah, like, I just look at that. I look at just how they do with this golf course. And then, yeah, just those skill sets of just, Good iron player, especially from under 150, good putters, makes a lot of birdies, you know, at least kind of halfway decent around the green to save some strokes. That was really important to me this week. Okay. I think that's it. And I have notes about some of the golfers, but we can go ahead and start going through uh, kind of how you go through it. So, okay. um, all right. Well, first, before we do that, why don't we take our first ad break? We're going to talk about Hall of Fame bets. So win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Go research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. This sounds like it's exactly up my area. As a big data guy myself, I love using Hall of Fame bets to bait really deep dive for everything else in betting in those sports. So enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an unexpected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay. All right, so why don't we start right at the top of the odds board here? So obviously you got the two big guys in Tom Kim and Ludwig. Uh, Ludwig is you know hotter than Hansel right now. Uh, basically everything he's doing is just excellent. Uh, it seems like with him, you know, his iron play has really, really started to take off. That was a big weakness for him. And his last couple of tournaments, uh, you know, his last 12 rounds, he's gained about one and a quarter strokes with his irons. Um, so I, I guess like, you know, you're obviously more plugged into social media than I am. I guess uh, are people going back to love? Is this, is it Ludwig mania week again? Yeah, so there are a couple people, but honestly, I've seen more people on Tom Kim this week. Uh, some people got like 14s around there. I see it. I see 12 now. I don't know what you're seeing, um, but I I've seen more people on Tom Kim than than Ludwig, actually. Okay, I mean, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I didn't bet Tom Kim to win, but I just think about this golf course, and it just seems like it's perfect for Tom Kim. Um, it's not like he's been sitting on his ass too. He went over and played in Europe. 
Uh, he played the French Open. He finished, I think, sixth there. Didn't hit the ball that great there, but he potted really well there. Uh, hit the ball really well at Wentworth, though. I think that was like a T15 finish. And that was a really strong field. So, you know, top, like a lot of guys who've kind of been jumping in, like if they're top names, because there's basically saying the fall off. He hasn't been playing a lot of golf. Um, and just you look at his skill sets at this golf course, really, really excellent from under 150. One of the best in this field from that range. Um, really good putter. He putted pretty well last year. Someone makes a ton of birdies too. So um, I was able to find a top 20 on him at minus 110. And I figured, you know what? Just football bet that. Like I'm just yeah. going to do that considering how weak the field is, how good um, he is for this golf course. I'm not worried about Russ because he's been playing. Um, you know, I'm just not going to get too cute with it. I'm going to bet that if you want to bet top 10, top five, I think his top 10 number is like two to one. Top five is probably like 450 or so. Um, you know, go with that or just bet him outright single bullet. So I, I love Tom. I, I think of the two, I mean, look, this is kind of dangerous because, you know, I, I said this last week about Ludwig with his approach that's under 150. They're still really bad on paper. He's actually really terrible. Okay. But that was, that was important last week too, and he did okay. So has he turned a corner? We'll see. I, I think I like Tom Kim a little more than Levick this week, though. Okay. I like that. Um, so I am, I've blacklisted Tom Kim, and I don't remember why, but I, isn't it crazy that he didn't win last season? Like he's, and, and then since July, he's gained at least four strokes putting um, and hasn't gone lower than T24. That's insane. And that's including his T2 at the Open. I mean, technically he did win. Because technically the Shriners last year was oh, part I, yeah, of the 20, I'm, yeah. I'm not looking at the fall. You're right. Yeah, which is, well, it's strange because technically last year's Shriners is also like, and this year's Shriners, they're in the same season. So we're getting basically two Shriners in this season, which is... I noticed that. On Data yeah. Golf, it says like 2023 Shriners, and I'm like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, thankfully they're getting rid of all that. And next year it's just gonna be January okay. to whenever, but this is kind of like this weird wraparound season, technically counted this. Actually, apparently, like there were some guys you probably saw this on Twitter. Dylan Wu was complaining about how the exemptions for this tournament is still based on like last year's criteria and not how oh. like, it is right now. Like he's 80th in I think the FedEx Cup fall, and he didn't get into this field. Oh, technically, he doesn't have his car, which is yeah, strange okay. if you're fighting for his car and you're trying to get in that top 70 to get into those elevated events. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very, very kind of messy right now. But like, hey, I guess we got to give Tommy Gamey and, you know, Richie Rorinsky starts for some reason. So, um, <laughs> Richie so, Dubs. I know. So a couple other guys, I mean, obviously, so a couple other big favorites. You got Cam Davis, who seems like a lot of people just want really, really want to win. Uh, you know, a lot of people seem to bet him. Siwoo Kim, Boston Capper's boy, uh, JT Poston, uh, first start since I think the either Tour Championship or BMW. And Adam Shank, first starts in the Tour Championship, another pretty popular name, very came very close uh, last year to winning. Any of those names stick out for you is that you're interested in that you kind of want me to explain a little more on? Yeah, so all four, like, did you mention Eric Cole? And Eric Cole too. Sorry, yes. Yeah, okay. I think I had him at. I think he was thirty-five to one when I pulled the. Or nope, never mind. He's at thirty to one. So yeah, let's throw Eric Cole in the list too. Okay, so actually, all four of those I have opinions on. So first off, Cam Davis, as the resident Cam Cameron expert, um, I I don't think he's ever going to win either. And well, he's well, he's won once. 
but people want that second win. Wait, when? He won the Rocket Mortgage in the in the COVID year, I think. Or oh, maybe, okay. it was, or maybe, it was, maybe it was 2021. Before I was really like watching golf all like every single right. weekend. Um, okay, so I'm I'm actually thinking about fading Cam Davis this week, and I have him in a match, or I have Adam Svensson in a matchup with him. What is your What is your thoughts on that? What's the What's the price you got in Svensson on that? Uh, I believe it was minus like one fifteen. Like it was pretty even. Are you sure it wasn't Adam Shank? Not Svensson because Svensson's um, pretty far down the card. And Shank is about the same odds as Davis. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, there you go. Uh, check on that one. So, well, oh, look. Oh, that was Davis. That was Davis Thompson over Adam Spenson. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I wrote that down. It was Siwoo over Cam Davis. Okay. So, I love, I love that. And I love Siwoo this week. Uh, I love the angle on Siwoo. Mm-hmm. Just him coming off uh winning gold medal at what what was it the olympic the uh asian games yeah the asian games and he no longer can has to ruin his career by manning a howitzer on the 30th yeah so he's he's going to be super excited about that and he got second at tpc credit ranch this year he's coming in i saw i had him like locked in for 25 like literally sitting uh in my in my uh bed slip and then i like look back up and he's down to 20. Yeah. So I found I found another spot where um, he's 22, but yeah, Siwoo is definitely on the card, and I will take over for Boston Capper and talk up Siwoo Kim. Um, do you have what are your thoughts on him? So he did make my betting card. I mean, I, I see that he's done really well at TBC Summerlin, uh, really good some of the comp courses. I guess a red flag for me is this year he has not hit his short irons very well. Uh, which is, I mean, strange because, like, you know, he's on, he won YLI. That's a short, you know, a lot of shorter irons there, too. But, um, you know, I just, you know, he's been struggling with the putter a little bit. Now he's had a long layoff. So he's just kind of trick or treat with him. Uh, I up didn't, I didn't go anywhere with him. Most of the guys I actually went with um, are, de- are, other than Tom Kim, just like a double football bet in the top 20 there. Uh, it basically started with Eric Cole. I went from there. Like, I just found like kind of little nits about every single guy. One of these guys like Cam Davis hasn't played at all since, um, I think the, uh, the BMW championship. Yeah. I just know I don't, I just don't want to play guys off that long layoff there. And like his, like, yes, his course history is decent here, but I don't think he's recorded like a top 25 finish. So he actually, Cam Davis got third at the Fortnite, the Fortnite. Uh, oh, he played the Fortnite. Yeah, he but he okay. gained he gained. Oh, that is uh, that is true. He gained like let's see one like true strokes gain. He gained one point two and one point three putting and around the green, and he didn't gain any on approach. So okay. the kind of the kind of things you want to see from here aren't you know that great. Also, uh, he got cut at the Valero Texas Open, which is a comp course. He didn't play uh, the Byron Nelson. Um, I don't know. I love I love that matchup with uh, with Siwoo over him, and then Eric Cole's on my card as well. Okay, so I mean, I, honestly though, I forgot that he played the Fortnite. The fact that he actually did that makes me kind of like him a little more. Because I mean, listen, he did miss the cut of the flare. I remember he was super shocked that week. I was doing an inventory count, and I had I think Cam Davis positionals, and I was just uh, my the guy counting with me loves golf too, and we were just refreshing. I'm like this Cam Davis guy's a bum. I think he was like eight <laughs> over three, like like twelve holes, but. 
Um, I mean, with Poston, he hasn't played a whole lot, I think, since uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Near did Adam Shank, too. Both those guys have been pretty well here, but... Um, so I'm just Adam curious. Shank's iron numbers, did you look at those? So they're good, but he hasn't played in like a month and a half, right? Uh, well, he played... Let's see. No, oh, you're right. I, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, I... I it's really good, but we don't know what's going to happen with what him. What form he's in right now. Yeah, like he last heated up on August 27th. Yeah. A, a lot can happen between them. Like guys, need yeah, guys especially a guy like Adam Shank. Like that can go bad quick. So I just like, listen, I'm not fading him. I'm not on him. I'm just, he's just there. Like if you, if you want to make, make a case for Adam Shank, Obviously, the iron numbers are really good. Iron irons from under 150 are really good. Great putter. Putts really okay. well at this golf course. Does not make a lot of birdies, though, but I noticed with a couple of guys that, you know, their overall PG Tour birdie rates aren't that high, but because they're really good wedge players, they're really good putters, they can kind of overcome that for good finishes here. So I'm willing to give him a pass on that. Okay. Uh, but just because I haven't seen him in a month and a half, I'm just not going to have him on my card. Yeah, you're right. There's too much uncertainty around a 30 to one that is super chalky. Like I think he's, I think he's on the on the most tipped list for sure, right? Uh, I, think I, just, I, think, I, I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, he's number four on the most tipped list. So pass. Yeah, big time. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go to an ad break, why don't we just talk about Eric Cole because he's on my betting card. I'm assuming he's on your betting card too. Yeah, but probably for different reasons. Um, I've just he's one of my guys that I just want to win so bad and that I'm probably going to bet at any number until he wins. Okay. I mean, literally <laughs> a- everything I want to see in a guy this week, a Eric Cole has like not very good off the tee. Mostly because he doesn't have a whole lot of length and a lot of accuracy too, but that can be kind of mitigate a little bit here. He's got, he definitely has to drive it better this week. He can't just do what he does normally, but I think he can get away with it. But every, if he does drive it really well, Awesome. Awesome from under 150. He's been doing okay, really well sweet. around. Yeah, he's been doing really well around the green lately, too. Uh, you know, he's a Florida guy, so he's used to chipping off the Bermuda as well. So I have no concerns there. Great putter. He putted really well well last year at Summerlin, putts really well on Bankrass, makes a lot of birdies. Like that's literally everything I'm looking for. And a lot of the comp courses I looked at, he did really well at. Um, T23 at the Byron Nelson, T39 at the Texas Open. He hasn't lost strokes on approach since, I mean, the entire season. Like, he didn't lose. He lost strokes. He lost 0.05 at the Texas Open and 0.06 at the RBC Canadian Open. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, of the guys this year under 150 for strokes gain, Number one is actually Nikolai Hoygaard, but it's only because he's got like eight rounds. But of the guys with actually a lot of data, Eric Cole is the best in that range. Awesome. So that's great. Let's go. Even over, even over 150 is pretty good because at Data Golf Estimates, there's like eight shots from under 150, 10 from over 150. I think most of the 10 shots over 150 are the par fives and the par threes. But a lot of wedge shots into these par fours. That's really where you got to score in this golf course. You got to take advantage of this because they're kind of relatively similar. You, you got to birdie a lot of the par fours in order to get to 25 under. So um, yeah. I, I love Eric Cole this week. Um, I have him at 35 to one for an outright. Also got him for a top 20 plus 160. Uh, he played, I, I bet him last week for a top 20 as well at Sanderson. 
Got to a slow start. Kind of rallied, though, over the weekend. So I'm just going to go back to it, trying to get my money back off that. Uh, but yeah, Eric Cole, uh, no qualms about him this week. Sweet. I, he, I totally agree. I, and I love Eric Cole. I got him plus 680 for a top five and then top uh, 30 to one for an outright. There you go. See, you're more of a DJ than I am. I, I look and see. I, I try to find layups on my, on my betting card. Oh, uh, so I, I think so that's great. Our, uh, our coworker, Matt Gannon, uh, you know, he kind of turned me on to this thing, you know, betting top fives for all your outrights. Like, if you think they're going to win, then you might as well take them top five. And it's actually been pretty nice. Like, I basically covered my outrights. Um, my if I if I have a guy who like gets second, I, you know, I, I at least get my money back on my outright. So I started doing that last year and have enjoyed doing that. So there you go. All right, well, I'm taking our ad break, and then we're gonna get basically to the meat of my betting card because I absolutely pounded the 35 to like 55 to one range this week. So let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. So Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, Underdog extending their first deposit bonus up to $500. And $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players every week will win 10K each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over an Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up and use the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, Cameron, I think uh, maybe got some room service. So uh, why don't we start talking about the guys 35 to 55 to 1 here? So there he is. He's back now. So, all right. Um, Guys, 35 to 55 to 1. Or we'll go, we'll extend it up to 75 to 1. So, what are some of the guys in this range that uh, you want to talk about? I mean, we could talk about the most so, golfer, Tom Hoagie, which is unfortunate. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely need to mention Tom Hoagie. Because I bet Siwoo and Eric Cole, I don't really have a ton of room for many guys in here. Um, guys, I want it, I want your opinion on are probably, um, Adam Svensson, Hadwin, the two Adams, and then probably Ben Griffin and uh, and then Davis Thompson. So Davis Thompson is is the second most tipped guy, and uh, Matt Gannon uh, on the DFS show made a really really good case for him. Um, but Matt is a slave to the most tipped chart, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, so he cashed out on on Davis Thompson, but. I, I went ahead and bet him and uh, his number went up to 50 to one. So um, went ahead and bet him there, but that's my only guy in this little range here um, because I have Siwu and Eric Cole. So, okay. Uh, I mean, wasn't Ricky most tipped at uh, the rock and mortgage last summer? Yeah. The, the most yeah. tipped golfers do hit and, <laughs> and it, you know, I think we hit probably like five last year at least. So, I'm yeah, not. It, I'm not too afraid of it. And that worked out horribly for your boy when uh, the most tip golfer ended up beating two guys in a playoff that I had that no one was. On. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I am never. I'm never going to not mention that in this podcast, especially when we keep going to Rock and Mortgage Week. No, listen. So Davis Thompson. I. I really like Davis Thompson. I liked him a lot going into last year, and I think I had a couple of positionals on him. Apparently, I wasn't high enough at the Amex because he almost beat John Rom, and then he went through. 
a slump, a major slump. I'm not sure what exactly happened, but like everything kind of fell off. It seems like lately, though, things are back on the rails. Uh, now, he does most of his damage off the tee. That is mitigated a little bit this week. So he doesn't quite have that advantage over everybody. Uh, but the iron play has been coming around a little bit. Uh, he is a good putter, putter on bent grass, good birdie putter. Played well here last year, played well at the comp courses. Um, I think of Lava's bad form this year, and it's showing up a little bit in the data that really, really poor from under 150 yards, like one of the worst in the field. But that might be really? a lot of just, yeah, like it's it's actually, I think, it's like him and like Max McGreevy and like Kevin Tway. Like, like it's, it's, I got him uh, gaining. So I got him this year. If you had a full round, of shots under 150 yards, he'd be losing about 0.9 strokes to the field. Wow. Yeah. So, but that's during his slump. Now, he's a really talented guy, and he can make a lot of birdies to have with the putter. So if that's just all fixed, I think he's fine. I mean, if you want to make the comparison, well, he played well the Amex in the desert. This is a desert. You know, you could do that. But I don't have anything on Davis Thompson, but uh, I... I support what uh, our coworker said about him. Uh, it's not for me. So he lost. He lost one point three strokes. True strokes. So can you wait? Can you explain true strokes for me, real quick? Is that a quick thing? So so yeah, it's, it's maybe some people don't know. Yeah, so basically, you have the raw strokes gain numbers, which is basically just what you do against the field. What Data Golf does, it basically takes the strength of field. And kind of says, okay, like if we had kind of a normal run of the mill PG tour event, what really would this have done? Now, what this kind of does, though, and I don't really like that, is look, like at the end of the day, even if you're playing, it's a really weak field. Like if you hit a shot to three feet at in a course, you know, with like me and you basically playing. Yeah. Versus if you hit a shot to three feet with Rory McElroy, John Rahm, et cetera, like it's the same. You hit a great shot. Yeah. So I don't love that they do that. I would prefer if they did it based on like golf course difficulty, but they don't. They just basically do like, okay, this is strength of field. Like it's against better competition. I get it from a high level. Like if you're against guys that like you and me, you're going to gain more strokes with that three, you know, hit it three feet. But like, if you're just hitting it good, you're hitting it good. So it's still 1.3 strokes, but just true strokes. Yeah, it, it, so basically, okay. he gained he he gained a little more against the field last week, or lost, or maybe lost. So basically, I, the, you kind of see this when you look at the Euro Tour results because those are really weak fields. So like sometimes, like you'll see guys lose like a billion strokes putting, like or like a billion strokes with their irons because yeah, like you're like Tom Hoagie did this a couple weeks ago, and we're gonna talk about him pretty soon. Yeah, I think he went to the Irish Open was dreadful. I think he finished like 110th. That's a dog shit field. Yeah. They estimated that he lost a lot. Of, he didn't hit his irons very well, but because it gets a really weak field, they said, okay, well, you did really, really, really poorly. And when you bathe that into your numbers, it makes it look really bad. Like Aaron okay. Rye also yeah. just did this at the French Open. He played really poorly and everything was just like abnormally bad. Okay. But you also can see like a normally good finishes if you like. Like, if you look at the results of the Tour Championship, it looks like everybody did well, and that definitely was not the case. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely guys who play poorly. So I don't love that they do that, but I get why. Okay. Uh, you kind of have to have some sort of fair benchmark comparing, like, all right, you do well at the Samson, can you do well at, like, Tory Pines? Like, yeah. Okay. Well, so this is, you know, uh, probably a field somewhat comparable to Byron Nelson this year because 
one, we, well, we don't really have like a true superstar um, unless you want to call it Tom, you know, Tom Kim. Uh, I don't think we can compare Tom Kim to Scotty Scheffler yet, but uh, Davis Thompson did lose 1.3 on approach at the Byron Nelson, which isn't great. Yeah, but that was um, during his, that was during his slump, though. Like, as, it was, from the so, Amex, okay. Yeah, from the Amex through like late summer, he was just dreadful. Okay, like okay. he he, cool. he was literally he was literally unusable. I don't know if it was because like he lost that playoff. Like it was it, like he had a he almost made a bomb birdie putt on seventeen that like hit. I think if he removed the pin, it would have went in because he kept let the pin in it bounced out like and that would have caused a playoff rob and then anything could happen like maybe he just took it really hard and just it got in his head and he started pressing and didn't work but you know clearly he's back playing golf right now good golf so uh i had him over adam svenson uh written down but i wanted to ask you first and i think i think you kind of talked me off of it Adam no, I, no, Adam Spencer. I don't think I, I don't think I really like that him for his golf course. So he didn't okay. play. He's I think I don't know exactly how many times he's played, but he's got poor course history here, and it might be because he's not very good from under one hundred and fifty. So he's a good okay. iron player, but it's mostly from over one hundred and fifty. You know, the putting can be kind of hit or miss. Has never really put well here. So even though I see some good bent grass numbers on him, the fact he hasn't put well here that's a little bit of a problem. So. Okay. Um, I, I think I like Davis Thompson better. I, I just think Davis Thompson's a better player than Adam Svensson at the end of the day. So um I think you're fine with that. Okay, cool. Okay. We can move um, on. so why don't we talk Tom about some Hoagie. guys I actually I'm sorry, wait, Tom Hoagie? Did we talk about Tom Hoagie yet? We have not talked about Tom Hoagie yet. So, so I I bet him plus one sixty to miss the cut. I because I think that, that if he has a if he has a bad, like he's the number one tipped guy, and if he goes out there all cocky, has a bad night at the craps table the night before, then he, I think he could miss this cut. Okay. All right. So, so this, do you know the story about Tom Ho- Tommy Tables, Tom Hoagie? So no. So I, I, I know, like I know that he does well in cities that have a casino or like golf courses that have a casino near it. But please tell me the actual story. So it's, this is unsubstantiated. This is rumors, but uh, the shotgun star podcast, they did a, you know, expose on Tom Hoagie. And apparently one of the stories is Tom Hoagie has a reputation for getting out to really good starts on Thursday and Friday. But once he knows he made the cut and actually gets paid, then he goes uh, to the crap table that night and blows it, and then he usually bombs uh, on Saturday. So, dang. so he's going to be motivated. But this is also, if you want to do nervous, this is a Super Bowl. Like he's in Vegas, like, and he's been really good here. Like he's got a top five finish here. He's got a bunch of top twenties here. Like the guys are good, and it plays to his strengths. He is so good from under 150 yards. Um, makes a lot of birdies too. Really good around the green. Hit or miss with the putter, but you know, I, I I think you know he's been hitting the ball really good. He's been in the mix a lot the last two years. That's sad. I like looking at where you're within like five of the lead heading in Sunday. So you're just giving yourself a chance. Um, and I got him at forty five to one. He's been bet down to thirty five. I got him at forty five at the end of the week. Um, I just think he's been playing really good. He had a really disastrous finish over in um, Ireland. But he played really well at Wentworth. I think a top 15 finish at Fortnite. Um, he's playing decent golf right now. 
Um, so I bet Tom Hoagie at 45. All right. Well, I'm, I just wasted a bunch of money. I didn't, no, I did not no, know. No, I did not a bunch of money, like 20 bucks, but for, <laughs> because he was the most tip and he's, you know, I think everyone's kind of like woke on this, uh, this, uh, Vegas theme, you know, sure. for, for, for 20 bucks plus 160, I, just uh do that out there i'm not gonna touch them but um yeah you're right t13 last week and then he had and then he did play he did play in europe so mm. he's he's pretty he's pretty solid right now yeah he, I, like he did, well, I, I think he gained what did he do i think he gained six strokes t the green or no he gained 7.8 t the green at wentworth 6.4 at sanderson so yeah, he actually played Sanderson last week. So in really good form. Um, I like him this week. I also like JJ Spawn. Uh, I bet him at forty-two to one. So again, kind of just another course fit for this guy. Where really good from under one hundred fifty yards. He's put really well historically in his career here. That's why he has a lot of really good finishes here as well. Decent around the green. Uh, the birdie rates not really crazy about it, but um, the fact he's done very well at this term, I think he's got. A, Top, you know, a couple of top twenties, and he's got a top five finish here too. Um, maybe just because it plays with strengths, he does really well here. Some of the other comp courses you look at, like Kapalua, he had a top five finish there. TBC San Tony, he won there. Um, I think Pebble Beach, he's done all right at that golf course too. So uh, good at this golf course, pretty good. At some other comp courses has a lot of skill sets I'm looking for, and he's a proven winner on the PJ Tour. Like I'm trying to look for the guy. I I, I went away from this strategy the last. Uh, Last week, I was saying a bunch of guys trying to like say, okay, this is like trying to call my shot. This is like their first win. And Luke List ends up winning. And, and a lot of these guys who have been not like the mainstream guys have been guys who have been around the block, have a win or two, and some win equity. And I tried to get back to my roots. So while I did bet Eric Colts, because I think he's just such a course fit, but like, you know, Tom Hoagie, boring name, but he's one of the PGA Tour, been around the block. JJ Spawn, boring name, been around the tour. And he's won before. Adam Hadwin, same type of guy. Excellent golf course uh, fit here. He's been really good at this course too. Now, his stats have been really bad going in, but this is maybe where something I can say, okay, well, he hasn't played since the Tour Championship. Maybe some things have been fixed in this game. He's going to come out you know, in good form. Um, you know, loves desert golf. He's on record with saying he loves playing out in the desert. He played a lot here, I think, in his amateur days. Uh, really good iron player, especially from under 150. Really good putter. Makes uh, a fair share of birdies. Good bent grass putter. Excellent at this golf course, too. Uh, I got him at 45 to 1 as well. I thought that was a good price for a veteran who knows his way around here and knows how to win a golf tournament. And honestly, I may mention that Rocket Mortgage earlier. I... I feel cheated out of that. And I, it would really, really kill me if he won this when I wasn't on it. So, uh, Adam Hammond 45 to one as well. I was going to ask you, so they are set in a matchup. So JJ spawn is minus minus one thirty five. Adam had one plus one Oh five. Ooh. Okay. You, you kind of made me, you kind of made me want a piece of JJ spawn a little bit. And I think I, might, of- I think I might bet him first round leader. Okay, it's a lot of juice on JJ Spawn for a guy that I like, yeah. but um, I think if you put a gun to my head, man, 
I think I, I think I would take the plus money with Hadwin. He's been like just yeah, really okay. consistent, really consistent here. And I think one other thing too that like I was looking at it earlier because I never like playing guys up long laps. Well, his lone win, which came back at the Valspar, um, his last start before that was the Genesis Open uh, at Riviera, which is about a month before that. So he has won off of three plus weeks off before. So can he do it again? We'll see. Um, but like his results at, uh, Summerlin last year, T10, 2022, T6, T34, T4, T27, cut T10. Like that's a really high floor that genius bond has to meet. So I think I like taking Hadwin a plus money there. Okay. I like it. I was going to ask you about him, uh, Adam Hadwin too. So that covers all that. Okay. I got one more guy been in this range, and he's no longer this range. He's been bet down. I probably I don't think I would bet him at 30, 35 to one, but uh Andrew Putnam, 50 to 1. That was the last guy in my card here. Again, theme. Veteran, been around the block. He's been close a couple times of winning this year on the PGA Tour two. Really, really good from under 150 yards. Excellent putter. Um, his birdie rates are not very high, but he's done very well at this golf course and a lot of these comp courses because he just plays with strengths. Which is and I, and I see, and I see he's really short off the tee, which doesn't really matter here, right? No, he can get some real, and that's why he's been really good. Like his results at uh, this golf course. Let me pull them up real quick. So he's done a uh, T twelve last year, T eleven twenty twenty two, T fifty eight twenty twenty one, T or T eighteen T twenty. So not a lot of like high elite finishes, but. I just think like a lot of those fields he was playing with are a lot stronger. This is a lot weaker field. And yeah, he hasn't missed a cut since Oak Hill. Well, no, he missed, no. So he missed a cut at the 40th, but he, un, so he lost a lot of strokes putting and he was really terrible around the ring, yeah. which is uncharacteristic for him. But he hit the ball great. So I think if he cleans that up on a golf course where, you know, he has putt really well over his career. So in his career, he's gained 0.9 strokes putting per round. So get him on this golf course, putts really well. If he gets that cleaned up and he hits the ball just like he did at Fortnite, like that's going to be a top 10, top five finish. And at 50 to one, maybe he pulls out a win. Yep, I love it. Okay. Uh, anybody else down here? You kind of looked at I had a couple other uh, names. Oh, I wanted to ask you about Ben Griffin. So uh, obviously he just came off a heartbreaking loss. Are you looking to fade him or, or kind of back him off that heartbreaking loss? Uh, this week on Sunday. Well, I mean, I, I, I bet Griffin for a top 20 and top 30 last week. And I was actually kicking myself saying like, am I going to do this for a second year in a row with the Sanderson where I actually bet a guy positional. I talk him up and I don't bet him outright. I did that with Mackenzie Hughes last year and he ended up beating a guy. I, I bet outright. Uh, so that was tough. Um, but Ben Griffin. So all the reason why I liked him last week at Sanderson probably applies this week too. You know, really good from under 150, really good putter makes a lot of birdies. You know, I, I guess, I mean, if you want to go narrow to what do you do after lo- blowing Bermuda? Yeah, so he finished T59 the following week in Mayakoba, which is another mm-hmm. golf course that kind of like, that's a lot of the same attributes. Maybe you want to stay away from him. I don't know. I mean. So I am. Like, I'm going to stay okay. away from him. Okay. Um, I just wanted to get your opinion because I and and Matthew Matt Gannon is evidently the uh, the Ben Griffin whisperer. He's only bet him twice and he's finished top five both times and he's out on him too. So okay, I just wanted to see what you thought. 
Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm good on the rest of this range. Uh, I mean, so I'm a, I'm an apologist for Christian Bazanehut, and he showed a little bit of form last week. Now, I don't trust him at all. I think he's a top thirty machine just in general because I don't know why I go to bat for him so much. He kind of sucks, but. Of everything, so I have him. I have his name written down a couple times. Okay. Um, so you so finished. one, go, go one ahead. matchup. My fi- one of my favorite matchups that I found was him over Garrick Higo. Um, okay. And then, then I found out that Garrick Higo went to UNLV, and that kind of scared me off of it a little bit. Um, but I know you're a Cbez guy, and my my reasoning for liking that matchup was that Garrick Higo did finish uh, T16 last week, but he lost, he lost a stroke on approach and he gained almost two strokes on approach putting. And he has been a good putter historically, but if I think that maybe he, maybe he needs to be a better iron player here than, um, than he was, and I know that uh, that Cibes is uh, a little bit better than him, so I like that one. Um, yeah, he, yeah, Cibes has been gaining on approach the past couple. Besides, uh, besides the Fortinet where he just played awful and he withdrew. So yeah, maybe maybe an allergy thing. Yeah, so I bet he go outright last week. A lot of what his good finish was came on Sunday. Like he was out of it. Oh, he was okay. Yeah, he. I think he shot like sixty three on Sunday. So yeah, I mean you're right. Molten hot putter makes a fair share of birdies. What I liked about him last week though is that last week at the Samson was kind of more of a driving contest versus this one one definitely is not. This one's more edge fast and you know how you do that. And he's he's just really weak from under one fifty. Just a weak iron player in general. Um, not great around the green. The UNLV thing, I forgot about that, but I mean, like, I mean, there's a lot of golf courses in Vegas. Like, did he play Summerland a whole lot there? Yeah. So Matt wanted, Matt wanted, uh, Matt gave me a list of everyone just so that everyone knows, like, if you want to use this angle. So Harry Hall went to UNLV, Gary Kigo went to UNLV, Charlie Hoffman, not sure if he's playing, but he went to UNLV. And uh, Ryan Moore, I think he said Rymo. These these kids, yeah, right, Ryan man. Moore. Yeah, went to UNLV. Um, so and then Taylor Montgomery also he says he plays well out of Vegas. Um, Justin Sud and Doug Gim. Um, but that's the that's the people the Vegas people that he could name off the top of your head. And I don't know if that's a good angle to actually go off of, but um, but yeah. I, I love that matchup, Cibes against um, Garrick Higo. Let okay. me see what the price was. Um, right. Minus one fifteen, so pretty even. Okay, why? Well, I, I just, I just want to because I don't trust Bazain Hoodie, though. I'm apologize for him. I bet him top thirty plus one twenty. So okay. that's what I did with that. Uh, all right, I think that's other than me. I almost bet. I almost bet Sam Ryder. I yeah, just, he, um, our boy. Um, our boy uh, Model Maniacs on Sam Ryder. Yeah, uh, he's I, kind I, of a Sam Ryder apologist too. I might bet him first round leader. Yeah, I almost did. I mean, maybe I've just been brainwashed by all the Ryder commercials I saw him in the Ryder Cup. Um, but like his iron plays been really good lately. He's really good from under one fifty. 
Um, makes a lot of birdies. Why, why didn't I like him? What was the reason? Was it his... It wasn't his... I, I don't know why I didn't bet him. Because he's finished third here. Is this a last-minute regrets from him, for me? Dang. He's also finished third at uh, TBC San Antonio. I know. Oh, oh no. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I got to find a way to see how I can get Sam Ryder on my card. Yeah, let's see. Well, who's he matched up with? He's matched up with Ben Griffin, even money uh, Ooh, against so Ben the, Griffin. So, so if you believe that Ben Griffin was heartbroken by that loss and it's going to break him, then that might be uh, that might be a good look. Okay. Uh, I also almost bet Nick Taylor. So Nick Taylor started off at 80 to 1 this tournament. I just thought that was really low. Decided against it because I don't think he's played. I don't think he's played at all since um, the FedEx Cup playoffs, right? Uh, um, yeah, he, yeah, he hasn't played at all since um, East Lake, and his results here are kind of mad. But I just thought that was kind of a disrespectful number on Nick Taylor. But I passed. But that's another guy that kind of was on my radar. So okay. maybe, maybe if you want a positional bat, maybe top twenty on him, top thirty, that could work. And then I know um, I know some guys have been talking about Mark Hubbard. What is what are your thoughts there? Because he just had really a really good Iron Week last week, um, and he I have him matched up against Justin Suh, who is evidently a, a Vegas guy, but I don't think he has been very. Yeah, I mean, he played the Fort, Fortnet, and then the last time he played before that was the Wyndham. Like, he really hasn't been playing that often. He's been decent with his iron, but nothing crazy. What are your thoughts there? Uh-oh. We lost him. There. I accidentally cut the X. I was trying to go to... Uh his results. So he actually played over in Swit. Justin Sell played over in Switzerland, actually. Okay. Uh, I think about a month ago. And he actually hit the ball really good. Okay. And I think I went. Well, did he play Wentworth too? I'm, play, I'm looking. I'm looking you know, at the. He Wentworth. He played. He played Fortnite. Yeah. Um, so who's the matchup against Justin Suffers? Mark Hubbard. Mark Hubbard. Yeah. What are the odds on that? Because I also highlight Justin Sutt, too, as a guy maybe to look at. Oh, okay. Uh, it's minus 135 to Mark Hubbard and then plus 105 to Justin Sutt. But Mark, Mark just is coming off like a really good iron week, which is why it kind of jumped off the page to me. And he finished um, you know, right outside the, uh, the playoff there. So, Okay. I think... So Justin Sutton's been better at this golf course, but it's probably only one tournament. Uh, Hubbard has the advantage in short iron. Saw has the advantage in putting. Uh, Mark Hubbard did so, so bad with his irons at TPC San Antonio, but that's one, you know, last year, but that's one. Yeah, that was a while ago. He could have just been have a bad day, but. I, th I, I think I lean Saw, but. It's close. Yeah, I don't know if I want to pay minus one thirty five for that. Yeah, that seems like a lot of juice for him. So yeah, uh, 
Any other guys in this range, or can we go to maybe some long shots? Let's let's go to some longer shots. Um, that's pretty much the rest of my card is is a little bit longer shots. Um, we can start with Doug Ginn. Uh, so Doug <laughs> is a Las Vegas guy, um, okay. and he has been. Let's see. He has been doing decent. He he got. He got cut last week, but he had a really bad putting day. Um, I mean, that, that's typical and, for Doug Gim. Okay, <laughs> but he's been he's been decent with his irons in his recent starts. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I think the fact that he's such a bad putter that you're playing with fire a little bit. Um, I think it caps maybe his upside. Now he's put pretty well at this event, though. Like, I mean, relative to him, like he's gained like 0.1 strokes per round putting at Summerlin. So maybe that is the Vegas connection there where he is okay. He's not a total disaster on bent grass either. So that can help him. Not very high birdie rates. Decent, like okay from under 150. I mean, I didn't go with him, but probably fine. I mean, if you want to buy into the Vegas narrative with him, you know, go for it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean he's he hasn't really done anything here. Like he's played ten times, T forty, T fifty six in his last two starts. So I don't know. I don't think he'll. I don't know if he'll win, but um, I have him over uh, Sam Stevens. You know. Okay. Yeah, Sam Stevens has been, I think, a data golf darling for the last couple of weeks. I don't really get it. And I don't think he's been all that great either. Like. Like I, yeah, like I think the, he had like one good. Yeah. Oh, he got second at uh, TPC San Antonio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lost to Corey Connors that week. Yeah, and that I I think that was when the Sam Stevens hype kind of started, and then it quickly just faded away. Okay. Um, he had an outlier, kind of an outlier of. Well, looks kind of like he has one every now and then, just a putting week and an iron week. Just, you know, he just kind of jumped. So that's a little concerning. I don't know. Since this is, since San, TPC San Antonio is kind of comp course, um, mm, I don't know. So the, mat- so the matchup is Gibb versus Stevens? Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me see what the price yeah. is. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think I like Gibb a lot better than Stevens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's minus one thirty to to Doug in. I I do. I mean, Sam Steve is not very good from under one fifty. Not very good putter. Low birdie rates. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think that's okay. I like that. Sweet. That's where I that's where I would go with that. Okay. Yeah. That's that's kind of my last. Like I got him at sixty five. So um, okay. But now that I'm looking at it, I don't know if he'll actually win. But we'll. See. <laughs> but oh well. Okay. Um. So what's your who's your first long shot? I mean, I, 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 I didn't have any long, sh- long shot outrights over 50 to 1. Those are my five guys, and that's it. Uh, I mean, honestly, I didn't really like a ton down the card here. I mean, I guess if you just want to go for guys who hit their short irons pretty good and make a lot of birdies, like a Ben Martin, that can work. Um, a Peter Malnati, like he's like a really poor man's Kevin Na, and he's done fairly well at this event. Um, so you could probably go with that, I guess. Okay. Um, so one guy that is on the most tip chart at a hundred to one, Eric Van Ruin, oh noted God. winner. EVR experience. on the PGA tour. 
the EVR experience. Everyone is in for the EVR experience this week. I know. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I, I think you guys are all setting yourself for heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I, 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 I think I, I think I bet EVR at Fortnite because I, he was playing really well over in Europe and that's not in a lot of people's data. And I, I was noticing that. And I think he played like, okay. At Fortnite. Yeah. So, so he's having, he's having one of the best, like little small stretches of iron play that he's had. And I think that's why everyone's like, Oh, EVR. My my opinion, my personal opinion is a hundred to one. Like I've lost five dollars, like way worse ways. Um, it's true. He played well. T eight at the uh, European Masters, and and then uh, the Irish Open. He played he played well, and then he played the Fortnite and uh, last week at the Sanderson and finished T sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have him in a matchup over Tyler Duncan too. Okay. Um, I mean, I, 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 I would take EVR then. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tyler. And, I, and I say, I'll, I'll think it's close. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and honestly, like it's kind of a bad price. Like, okay. It's gone up actually. It was minus minus one fifteen each way, uh, before the, the, before we started, but it's minus down to minus minus one twenty five for, for EVR. So okay. yeah, I really like that too. Okay. I mean, like for 100 to 1 for EVR, this is the case too. I, I may mention that, like, guys who kind of are veterans, been around the block. I mean, he has won a tournament. I think he won the, either the Barracuda or the Barbasol. Like, a real shit, dog shit feel. But, like, he's also okay. won overseas. Like, he's won the Euro Tour. Like, so the guy, like, the guy has some win- winning upside. So I don't hate that. Of a long shot, I don't mind that one, considering how well he's been playing. Like he he's got to putt way better though. Like that's like he can't be having these putter performances like he's been having yeah. this year and expect to win. But um, I mean, who knows? Luke List won a tournament, so I guess even yeah. anybody can find putting. Anything so. anything can happen. So yeah, my so, other guy, yeah. my other guy that I really like down here is uh, my boy Austin Eckrode. Um, okay. So he hasn't been playing well. No, he has not. And he has, he did have a stretch last season, basically right around the Byron Nelson and that he played really, really well. Um, so he, he played well at TBC Craig ranch. He can putt and he hasn't been doing well recently, but at a hundred to one, uh, like I said, like it's a long shot for a reason. Um, I like Austin Eckroat this week too. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, you, you can go with him. Um, so I didn't bet him outright, but I've been position. I've been t- plus one fifty for a top forty. Um, David Lipsky t- caught my eye a little bit. So okay. putting numbers are really, really atrocious on him, but he's actually been putting really well on bent in his career. Iron numbers are really good from him. Uh, under one fifty yeah. is pretty good. Um, I mean, I think he's made like four straight cuts kind of been hanging like around the top 40. Um, I think just the fact that like, you know, I think the last couple of times he's been on bent grass, he's actually game putting that turns around with how well he's been hitting these short irons. Uh, I think at, at least the top 40 finishes in order for him. So I bet him for top 40. That, yeah. That's it though. That's, that's my betting card. Like um, that. yeah. that'd be a good DFS play too. He's not going to be high on. No, probably not. That, like I, I tried to find like, 
some guys down the card. Like that was the one I, I, I think I grabbed to you the most. Him and Ben Martin, I think, were the ones. Uh, and, and EVR, I guess. But, but he's going to be probably pretty popular. But All right. So last thing. Um, I'm going to mention him. The mustached, the, mustached golf, the mustached golfer, Carson Young. Played well at the Byron Nelson in, in a bad field. Hit his irons really well there. And sank some putts there. Now... His chipping has been really bad, but his irons have not been that bad this uh, recently. Um, last year when he played here, he missed the cut, but he didn't score on the par fives. So if he can even play even a tiny bit better, I think you can look to uh, to get like a top 40 on him. Um, I don't really get the T the T40 markets, but that's a bet I would make. Um, I think he makes this cut. Okay. What's the lake around there? Lake Mead? And that's like shrinking, right? So there's no threat of him going fishing, right? No, no. Yeah. He's not going to be, he's not going to be distracted. He didn't, he doesn't really, he didn't really strike me as like a, a, a degenerate gambler either. So I think he's going to be focused. He's more of an outdoors guy, not a, uh, not a Las Vegas guy. So, Maybe he'll, you know, go camping or something with his dog and, and, you know, go bass fishing somewhere, but not on Lake Mead. It's too, definitely too low right now. Oh no. Although no, they just got, they just got like a monsoon there. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe there is some water. So all know. those, all those bodies of the mafia hit in uh, Lake Mead are uh, back underwater now. They're never going to be found. Yeah. Yeah. He's hopefully he doesn't bring one up and have, and has to go to the uh, police station for, uh, for the for the weekend there you go uh last one we got mentioned for uh michael kim top 20 uh 20 to 1 i mean sure it's 20 to 1 for a top 20 it's a really weak field like um you know he's an okay iron player he's an okay putter makes his putt really well at uh this golf course he's in it pretty well so you know what 21 for michael kim uh i'm not really a big fan of his golf architecture takes but for 21 for a top 20 long shot i think that's fine yeah, I think he's a poor man's Max Homa. Um, <laughs> he tries to be funny on Twitter. Oh, okay. And he uh, doesn't do a very good job, and he's not nearly as good a golfer. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, I don't have any other golfer takes. You got anything else? Um, let's see. Um, man, I think we hit everything. Okay. Yeah, I had Sam Ryder written down for a T20. Uh, Matthew Neesmith written down for a T20. Um, yeah, he played well here last year. Yeah, uh, I think that's what I think that's why I wrote that down. Um, but yeah, dang, I think I hit everything on my sheet. Okay. Hopefully, I hopefully I was a good substitute for Boston Capper. You were, and uh, now we're going to substitute you for something else that he likes doing, ranting and raving about his favorite team. And uh, listen, like oh, the Thursday yeah. show, yeah, the Thursday show, listen, you're going to hear me. I don't even know if I can really like complain about the Giants anymore. It kind of is what it is. You're definitely going to hear Boston Capper be, be pretty angry, though. Uh, but it seems like I think everybody on the Golf Gambling Podcast crew roots for a really crappy team right now. Uh, you're one of them. Uh, even though you guys yeah. pulled out the victory, uh, I don't think anything's really all kosher in uh, Pittsburgh. So why don't you tell yeah. everybody about your experience at uh, Heinz Field and uh, kind of how you're thinking about the field of the state of the offense right now? 
Yeah. So that, that was my first game, my, not my first NFL game. And I've seen the Steelers cause they come to Texas every now and then. So whenever they play the Texans and the Cowboys, we usually make the trip. Um, this was my first trip to Pittsburgh. Never, I haven't been to Pittsburgh in probably 15 years, but my dad is from there. So we got to see his hometown stuff like that. Beautiful city. Absolutely beautiful. If you've never been there. Um, and I was so impressed, but the Steelers are three and two and they're first in the AFC North. And the off the defense has probably, I think the defense has scored like maybe 14 points less than the offense this year. And that's through five games. The defense is amazing. Alex Highsmith and TJ, uh, TJ Watt might be like, the next greatest duo since, I mean, in, in a long time. One of the things that you mentioned in our text chain, though, was the Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris debate. And this is where I kind of want to start with my rant against Matthew Canada, um, which there were Fire Matt Canada chants. My brother just texted me, there's Fire Matt Canada chants at the Pittsburgh Penguins game tonight. Um, the way he uses the two running backs is just so predictable and it's so awful. And our most successful drive was when they just hand the ball to Jalen Warren four times in a row. They got, they got from the 50 yard line to the goal line with Jalen Warren. Uh And then they tried to run. um, They tried to run up the middle with him at the goal line for the touchdown. And, they weren't able to get it. And then after after one run up the middle, every single r- drive, it just stalls the drive, all the momentum completely. He, I don't know if he thinks like, oh, he just needs to run this just to run it. Or if he just doesn't realize that our O-line is, had two rookies and it hasn't been good the entire year. He only runs Najee up the middle trying to thinking that our O-line will somehow miraculously open up a hole for him. He's not fast enough to hit the holes and he doesn't have the agility right now to get around it. And they, but they, he he keeps using him the same way. He needs to use him like he uses Jalen Warren almost and give him a little bit more creativity in the line. So a lot of people will look at the games and go, Oh, Najee Harris kind of sucks. I think he isn't that great this year, but also, I think Matt Canada is using him so bad and that he's not really setting him up for any success whatsoever. And uh, Kenny Pickett, I am, a, I am a Kenny guy, 100%. I'm a Kenny guy. You can, you can debate me on this a little bit, but uh, I have been a Kenny guy and I knew he's been the guy since we beat the Ravens in Baltimore and he put together a game-winning drive away from home and threw a pass, a creative pass to Najee Harris on a rollout. Um, I don't think he has been very accurate this year, but I also think it has to do with the offense just kind of being out of sync. Like he's the, the passes that he's missed and the passes that he missed against the Ravens on Sunday um, were miscommunications. So a lot of people were booing him when he, you know, kind of threw out routes to uh, George Pickens or whoever. And there was just some miscommunication on where he was supposed to stop in the route. And I think that he can be the guy, he can throw an accurate ball, he can roll out. 
but he, and he did a better job of stepping up in the pocket instead of bailing out from a clean pocket and getting taken down by the defensive end. So in conclusion, the defense probably top five. I'm going to say they're top five defense actually, because I don't, I don't think they can stop the run well enough. And I don't think that our secondary is good, but we, I saw major improvements in the secondary on Sunday, which was really good. And the Ravens did miss a lot of balls. Trust me. I, I realized that, but I think that they're, they've improved. And I think the defense is really, really good. And I think the offense has a lot of potential. We need Deontay Johnson back to kind of open up George a little bit more because after Sunday, uh, people are going to be, you know, double teaming him a little bit more, not giving him those one-on-ones with man coverage on the outside. Um, okay. I think I'm done. <laughs> I, that was a lot there. I yeah, guess my, I, I guess my two responses, I, I think you really hit the, cause I watched an unhealthy amount of Steelers Ravens because it was on my quad box that I had. Uh, for some so that was just the game. It was a really good game. It was a really good game. I thought it was going to yeah. be a really terrible game this to start. I kind of yeah. like, all right, like, is there any way I can switch this? I couldn't. But yeah, I mean, like the Ravens kept shooting themselves in the foot and the Steelers just, I mean, kept shooting themselves in the foot until you're right. They just started giving the Jalen Warren and like the spin moves he was making, like he just has like just murder juice. That hurdle it, was insane. It was so good. And like, I, like, I, I, I can only imagine like I, the sound wasn't on for the, that game, but like I, you guys must've been just going nuts. Like finally, oh. like something good is happening with this offense. Who, who would you compare him to? Would you compare him to like an Austin Eckler? Yes. Um, a Tony, Tony Pollard. Yeah, that's probably a good comparison. I mean, like probably Eckler because he can catch passes. Um, yeah, and and they have set up some really nice des- uh, design screens for him. Uh, helped me cash my ninety two to one uh, the other day, but yeah, um, but yeah, I, I really like Jay. He's a dog, and he fights like, I mean, he fights like um, like you see good running backs fight. And he's a small dude, but he can he can move he can move some defensive backs. Yeah, like he, it just seems like when he does get hit, like he's like. He's pushing the pile like forward. Exactly. Too, right? Yeah. That, that's and that's what that, that's kind of a really good running back right there. Yeah. Kind of a smaller guy. Like as as for Najee, like I I, I know I make fun of him. Do like I call him Eddie Lacy or like Trent Richardson. I I don't think he's he's bad. He's as bad as what it is. But I think like I know like a couple of years ago, a lot of it was just dump offs, and that's why he had a lot of receptions. But like the guy isn't a depth pass catcher. Like he can do it. Yeah, like and they just haven't been using him that way. Like, right. it's so obvious when he comes in and he sets up to the right and to the left of Kenny. Like, okay, it's going to be a run up the middle, and they defend it, and he gains zero yards. And then they bring in Jalen, and they're like, okay, this might be you know a little. He's going to you know roll off to the left, to the right, and to the left. They're going to dump it off to him just in case, or they're going to you know run off to the side a little bit. Like they rarely used him up the middle, and it's it's frustrating to watch and i don't i don't think they're gonna fire matt canada i honestly don't um people are saying that if it happens it's gonna happen in the bye week but i think that i think that uh the this game was a good game like we won the game but our offense didn't win us this game like without our defense making plays 
we wouldn't have won. Mm. So I want them to fire him. I want something. I want something different. And everyone in Pittsburgh does too. So, okay. All right. I think you got a very level head on your shoulders right now uh, about the state of your team. So uh, Cameron, thank you. Uh, you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Um, not really. Just, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Kirk Cameron. Um, I post a bunch of NFL stuff, follow my article. Um, my, I do some, I do a long teaser article I've been doing for the last three or four years on Reddit, uh, that's been successful. So, um, you can check that out. Um, and then follow at golf gambling pod on Twitter. All right. There you go. And uh, Boston Capper will be back with me on Thursday uh, to give you guys all what you want. Uh, us complaining about our <laughs> dog shit bum teams. Uh, so with the that, Giants, the Giants are worse than the Steelers. Yes, right? I'm not. I'm not debating that at all. We we can't play okay. defense. I, I'm going to save it for Thursday. But like, okay, it's just I can't believe we're back the 2021 Joe Judge era. Like, we're, we're back. Yeah. So, but crazy. save it for then. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll save it for then. So, all right. Uh, with that, though, let's crush the Shriners and uh, go up for your bets this week.